Well, we find ourselves again here at the virtual campus of the Apartment Academy, your institution of higher NOI learning. I'm your host, the Dean of the Apartment Academy, Daniel Cunningham. The Apartment Academy podcast is the multifamily industry's only operations-focused podcast, featuring insights from industry leaders, investors, uh, vendors, and technology providers. If you invest in multifamily real estate or you're involved in the day-to-day operations of apartment buildings, uh, then we're your source for efficient operations and maximizing ROI. Today's podcast is with Parag Sarva. Uh, He is CEO uh, of Rhino, which if you're not familiar with their product, plays in the in the growing uh, security deposit insurance market. And uh, we spent some time today talking about that kind of product, how it works. I personally think it's a really important product for, for operators to consider, whether it be Rhino or, or, or somebody else in, in the industry. But um, uh, there are a lot of different flavors of this around. And so it's a good chance today to hear about um, what Rhino's doing on that front. So I hope you have a chance to learn a bit about that. Without further ado, here is Professor Sarva. Hello, Prague. Welcome to the Apartment Academy. Hi, how you doing? Thanks for having me. Very well, thank you. We're glad to have you today. Um, uh, I always, it's always interesting and notable to me when, when, um, especially folks that are on sort of the technology vendor side of the business um, have actual experience grounded in property management and that sort of thing, development. So, um, and, and you do. So let's talk about that for just a moment so folks understand um, your perspective on the industry comes from one of, of actual experience. Uh, tell us a little about your background and then, and then how you came to, uh, to Rhino. Yeah, sure. Um, I think uh, it, it, it is much easier to tell in hindsight, so I appreciate you asking me that question today instead of, you know, four, four or five years ago. Um, I, I often kind of think about it these days as I've spent 20 years in industry and a variety of different things that in, in many ways all have come together to be, you know, the foundation for what's built, you know, Rhino um, in 2022. Um, the bit you're referring to is, you know, for the last 10 years, I've been a multifamily owner and operator um, in the uh, Northeast, um, overseeing about 200 rentals and a small team, um, uh, which, you know, I was responsible for everything from move-ins, move-outs, um, uh, landlord-tenant court matters, uh, renovations, repairs, financings, sales, you know, you name it, really everything end to end. Um, and that's where really I had the opportunity to, you know, cut my teeth, so to speak, and really understand um, not just what the renter side issues are, because I think oftentimes for me, you know, as a renter for decades, you know, it's really that that was very clear. <laughs> um, but in a marketplace like residential renting, um, the other side of the equation is also very, very important. Um, it takes two to tango. And so really, that's how I learned what property management and um, yeah, you know that side of the equation was all about, and, and where where there's just massive opportunities to drive change, um, and you know so that that's been a very very formative important part of why I'm building Rhino today. Um, but just to kind of take maybe one or two steps back um, is um, you know I've also spent time in technology and in financial services and investment banking and also even working in government. Uh, for Mayor Michael Bloomberg when he was mayor of New York some years ago. And so I think all of that together really has come yeah, you know, to fore um, here at Rhino, and, and we're really operating at the center of all of those issues. 
yeah, you, you know, at that, at that scale, when you're doing so much yourself, you will see and experience so much more, um, the full spectrum of what it takes to operate a property than say, if you're with a, you know, a large, you know, international national, uh, operator. Um, so it's, it's tremendous experience. And out of that, you witnessed a number of problems the industry struggles with, and you gravitated towards renter's insurance, security deposit insurance. What was, what was the, what was the first thing you were looking at? Yeah, I'd say, um, you, you know, it's funny, um, when I think about security deposit insurance and, uh, the business we've built, you know, Daniel, we sell both of those products today, security deposit insurance and <clears throat> renter's insurance, which yeah. is for a renter's, you know, personal contents and liability. Um, but really security deposit insurance is where the story began for me, um, because, you know, it was this interesting thing, almost like, you know, a ball of yarn, you pull a thread and you realize just qu quite how impactful, how much scale, what the scope is of, yeah, you know, what are really these nasty cash security deposits that have been held in escrow accounts um, for, uh, you know, 100 plus years. It's just, you know, one of the many things that are just part of the older way of leasing. Um, which um, uh, adds up to the tune of about $45, $50 billion held nationally in escrow accounts. Um, and one of the little secrets you know, that I learned firsthand as a landlord is that um, while it's obviously challenging for renters to come up with that money, and uh, I'd love to talk more about that, but is that it's actually a real pain in the rear end for landlords too. <laughs> for the typical landlord, it's not exactly a fun thing to have to take this cash deposit put it into an escrow account, collect tax forms, remit interest, refund cash security deposits at the end of a lease. You know, all of that just adds really administrative burden and cost to processing lease transactions. And so the opportunity to really use that as um, a meaningful way to think about rebuilding one of the fundamental parts of transacting, right, in leasing, um, and say, hey, you know what? We don't actually need this cash security deposit to be moving back and forth. It's 2022, right? There's ways we can solve for giving landlords peace of mind or protection for something that may or may not happen in the future. That statement really is the definition of what insurance is. And so we took what you know we felt was a pretty simple concept, turned out to be pretty complicated in the end, um, but. Um, and came up with security deposit insurance, right? That really is about a low cost option that instead of a, a renter having to pay $1,000 or $2,000 or $5,000 at move-in in the form of an upfront cash security deposit, they can instead buy insurance, which costs a few dollars a month, uh, you know, to provide those same protections to the landlord at move-in. Um, and that's really just kind of been the root of, you know, where, where my attachment to the space and excitement came from was really just seeing it firsthand and seeing what the opportunity was and how impactful it could be, not just for renters, which is massive, but also for landlords and really just driving the industry forward. Yeah, this is, um, I think, still a fairly new kind of product category uh, in multifamily. And um, there are some... Um, different flavors of how this is executed, which are actually quite significant uh, when you when you drill down to it. There's 
some providers that you you're you're buying a bond, some you're building up a, a an account that you draw from, etc. Can you proc can can you, can you just, uh, clarify for everyone exactly how you, you, Rhino uh, approaches the the problem from a landlord's and operator's perspective? How are they getting uh, insured that when there's um, you know damages to be to be uh, claimed at, at a move out? How does that get paid? What's that process? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, to address your point about the newness of it, you know, it remains to be the number one thing that I think the entire industry, you know, is experiencing is just the, the amount of new stuff, new change that's really coming yeah. to real estate to just mm -hmm. enable and drive better ways of doing business. Um, to give you some context, when we started, um, you know, we approached this as, man, gosh, there's 45 million homes, nearly 45 million rental homes in the U.S., that's a big number. And we started you know, with our first 1,000, 5,000, 10,000 homes in the Northeast. Um, today, we service nearly 2 million homes across the entire country um, in 46, 47 states. Um, and that's everything from single family homes all the way through large multifamily complexes um, in you know, urban areas like New York City and Los Angeles, all the way through Plano, Texas, and you know, suburban communities in Florida, Georgia, and everywhere else. Um, and so the scale is really changing, but even with two million homes, it is still we're on the front side of educating and rebuilding. Yet, you know, understanding for like what the expectations for how a transaction should look. Um, and so that bit about how it works, maybe I'll just kind of walk through a, a quick example um, uh, to give context. Is let's say you know the average rent in a community is twelve hundred dollars a month, and they're charging a twelve hundred dollars security deposit at move-in. With Rhino, a renter has the option to buy security deposit insurance instead of plopping down that $1,200 of cash at move-in for a security deposit in addition to first month's rent. And so they'll receive a personalized quote from us, which for a $1,200 policy might cost something like four, five, seven dollars per month. Um, and they can choose to pay that all up front for the term of the lease or on a monthly basis. People really prefer that kind of bite-sized payment. And so we see um, uh, a lot of adoption and making it easy for folks that way. And so they'll pay, call it $5 um, at move-in um, and uh, build monthly for the term of their lease. And what do they get in exchange? Well, they save a ton of money up front, and they also receive peace of mind that there's not some escrow account that's sitting lurking you know, that they may or may never get back. What we find is in addition to the financial savings up front, um, there's a massive shift in just the emotional peace of mind and comfort that renters take um, in you know, their interactions with the landlord. Um, everyone has lots of uh, horror stories, whether founded or unfounded, about what happens with security deposits. And so this becomes one thing that sort of deflates a lot of that pressure from that relationship. Um, and so as a renter and landlord go through a relationship, all of the same things are true as they are um, you know, before Rhino in that renter has to leave the apartment in good condition, they have to pay their rent on time. All of that remains true with Rhino. The thing that um, changes, though, is that a landlord's required to file a claim at the end of the lease with us if you know, something happens, or even during the lease in some, some situations. Um, and then we become the responsible party with you know, multi-billion dollar insurance partners to then make a payment to those landlords. 
um, you know, for valid claims for things like excessive damage or unpaid rent. And so it really is uh, a reimbursement-based system um, that we reimburse the landlord, and then in certain situations, we may go back to the renter and say, hey, you know, look, you really uh, did have a party here the night before you moved out. There's all this additional damage, so you need to reimburse us also. Um, and so that's really, you know, kind of just a quick overview of how it works. Um, and so we typically find that, you know, a lot of the challenges about administering cash go away, the friction at move in and move out go away from a landlord perspective, and that four out of five renters buy security deposit insurance from Rhino instead of paying a cash deposit. Um, so it's really, really taken a strong hold, um, you know, now that renters and landlords are finding out about it more and more. And does, does a landlord need to wait for you to successfully collect against um, a resident who's moved out with, with excessive damages before they can receive payment on their claim? No, it's actually respective of that. And, you know, and um, uh, they're two, two totally separate processes. We, we make a determination and we fund, you know, electronically and in real time. It's sometimes same day, sometimes next day. Um, and for those of us who have dealt with uh, lease deposit accounts at our local savings and loan banks, um, know that it can take uh, weeks uh, by email, fax, or snail mail to even have escrow funds released to a landlord or, or a renter. Um, and so it's a huge step up from, you know, where the industry has been historically. Sure. So that and coupled with the fact that uh, in an excessive damage situation, most landlords just throw up their hands pursuing somebody for excessive damages. It's almost never worth the, the effort. In this case, they have a path to get paid for that much more easily than they probably ever did before, I'm guessing. Yeah, that's right. And I think, um, you, you know, it's about keeping the integrity of the renter-landlord relationship intact, but eliminating what is all of this additional friction that, you know, uh, really technology or the lack thereof ha has created. Um, if you think about it, yeah, you know, um, I, often, I, also, I often frame it as um, uh, l landlords today, whether you're small or large, need to have you know so many different areas of expertise, right? First of all, um, it is increasingly a financial game, right? You increasingly need to understand how the economics of purchasing an asset, financing the asset, whether it's equity or debt or your money, somebody else's money, whatever it is, how that's all going to play out. So you need to be a financial expert. You also really need to understand how to manage boilers, roofs, and all of the other things that really go into brick and mortar or you know stick construction, right? Like that; those are two huge areas that fundamentally drive competency or you know really performance for property managers and landlords. And to layer on top of that, to say that landlords should also be able to by themselves deliver amazing, exceptional, end-to-end, -end, instant, Amazon-style customer service across every experience, it's really daunting, especially you know, when you think about the mom-and-pop landlords and property managers out there, or yeah, you know, even folks who are just really focused on the core parts of their business, right? Like the boilers, the roofs, and the financing. It's insane what, you know, really, I think, uh, the expectations have become in 2022. Um, and it's not to say that the wrong expectations, I just think that there's a huge opportunity to help 
rebuild and provide the tools and operations and workflows to help property managers and landlords deliver an exceptional ex ex an exceptional experience for their residents. Um, you, you know, in many ways, uh, uh, it takes a lot more than you know the way they're set up today. Yeah, they can't know it all. They certainly can't remember it all. It's it's uh, it's a very challenging business from that standpoint. It really sounds like what, what it sounds like such a no brainer, Parag. What what do you come up against that that um, gives landlords operators hesitancy to deploy? Um, let, let's let's just stick with security deposit insurance for a moment. What, what what why would they why would they not want to deploy a product like this? What's the downside? Yeah, the number one thing from day one has always remained the same, you know, so despite being the largest provider of security deposit insurance nationally, even internationally, you know, in terms of other markets and comparing is um, it is really just about change um, mm -hmm. and inertia. Um, and it is an industry that um, uh, across the board has taken more time to realize and internalize the benefits um, and, and make the investments and, and changes to you know, bring um, things like Rhino um, uh, into the equation. Um, and, and I think that, that it's easy to say um, and, and maybe hard to understand because it sounds so simple, um, but really these are vastly complex organizations and even transactions um, you, you know, that vary from municipal, state, federal, right? Like all of the different compounding issues. Um, and so it's really what I've seen in the last five years is that um, it is happening. Um, and it's actually one of the things that COVID has helped, you know, accelerate. I, I don't know if I don't really love thinking about it as a silver lining, but just that the transition to internalizing technology and digital tools to just make work makes stuff better um, has really been, you know, live or die or make or break. Live or die is not the right, right frame in this context, but make or break businesses. Um, you know, and so I think some of the statistics, I think I was reading that over 10 or 12% of mom and pop landlords have gone out of business during COVID. Um, and, you know, while there's massive hardship around that and the changes, um, you know, certainly there's massive efficiency that other folks have found in, in um, driving using new solutions to, you know, do do their work better. Well, that's it. You mentioned change earlier. You you sort of implied that the industry, generally speaking, is right now going through a lot of change. Um, not just with products like yours, but um, I think you were sort of implying across the board. What what are some as somebody who's sort of observing the industry generally? What have you seen occur over the last eighteen months that might serve as a real sort of you think a structural change to the industry or permanent changes that were precipitated by, you know, COVID, the pandemic? Yeah, I think um, uh, t two things come to mind top of my head. One is um, uh, this concept of virtual tours um, and whether you need to kind of see something in person before you uh, buy, so to speak, before you re lease a home or rent a home. Um, I think 
lots of folks had been interested in this before COVID, um, but few had really kind of made the leap um, from both the landlord perspective and the renter perspective to, to making this kind of a, a, an everyday way that a renter can find a home. Um, we've seen it happen very effectively in other industries, right? Even before the pandemic, it certainly accelerated through the pandemic. So uh, I think about purchasing a car, right? A company like Carvana, um, which is allowing you to purchase a car unseen delivered to your home, whereas everybody's experience going to a car dealer um, whether you like car dealers or not, it's a totally different experience than purchasing a very large, expensive automobile on the internet, um, sight unseen with your physical eyes. Um, and so that's one, and we've certainly seen a huge rush to build and understand how virtual leasing can happen, um, you know, particularly in some of the coastal cities um, and with some of the larger um, property owners nationally. Um, and then I'd say the second one is competition is now much more, uh, I'd say, multi-point, if, if that's the right phrase or if that's, a, that's um, a phrase that makes sense. And it's not just about, you know, price and square footage anymore. The demands for what makes you competitive as a landlord or property manager vis-a-vis -vis somebody else across the street. There's so much more transparency and information in the marketplace today um, that renters really are making more informed decisions than they ever have before. And so I think being able to compete on things like that um, is a much more real-time process. Um, whereas, you know, I think historically it's gravitated just on price and availability and um, square footage. Um, and so, you know, what, what some of those things are, um, for example, what other amenities are you offering, whether it's financial amenities, that's, how, that's often how I think about Rhino, is that you're offering a convenience to residents, um, which you know, is entirely up to them whether they want to take advantage of. Mm -hmm. um, that in and of itself is, is something that not yet everybody is doing, um, but it increasingly is becoming a major competitive advantage for those that are. Um, and then things like flexibility and kind of what, what the home environment looks like. Right. And so this idea of work from home, I'm at home today um, and, you know, often days and working, uh, working from my home. Um, and so what does that look like and what's the support environment if you live in an apartment community or a building or a complex or, you know, an association? And um, the expectations are just different than they were two years ago. Do you think, that, you know, you mentioned uh, 10 to 12 percent, which I hadn't heard that that's interesting of of small mom and pops when I have business during this, this last pandemic because now you know, we're seeing a, sort of a sharp bounce back in terms of rental rates almost across the board um, irrespective of uh, of local um, unemployment statistics that sort of thing it's it's quite interesting um, do you think that that security deposit insurance allows rents to rise faster than they would have because folks don't have to outlay so much cash up front for deposits? Mm, that's a good question. Um, and, you know, we haven't seen any evidence of that. Um, uh, I guess what I would say is it's really just about building a more efficient way of transacting, right? And so, you know, if we can save, you know, every leasing office, 10 hours or 20 hours or 40 hours on processing time for however many one 
one apartment they manage, 10 they manage, 100 they manage, whatever the, the, the you know, right reference is, um, that's a win. And that's really about taking, you know, what is historically a very time intensive, a very cumbersome transaction and leveraging technology to just drive efficiency that creates a better experience and reduces a lot of the friction and overhead. Um, and so, yeah, you know, that, that's the stuff that we're focused on. Um, and I think the savings that renters have realized um, is uh, to give you, you, you know, a, 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 pr a view into that is that it's over $650 million that renters have saved now and a little bit over four and a half years with Rhino. Um, in upfront moving costs. Um, that is, um, you, you know, a huge number, um, which um, gives me a lot of, you know, energy even kind of going into uh, the balance of 2022 and that this is really about creating a massive, you, you know, new opportunity for renters to take back cash and reinvest it in whether that's savings or paying off other debt or, uh, uh, you know, investing or even if it's travel, you know, as, as kind of borders are reopening and folks want to kind of restore some sense of normalcy. Um, that's really, really a very powerful opportunity that, that we're excited about. So that number you just cited, that's the amount of deposits that have not had to have been paid because they chose a security deposit insurance product instead because they chose Rhino instead. Yeah. Yeah. That's just related to Rhinos. Correct. Uh, yeah. I got it. Yeah. I mean, it's more than tax cuts, right? I mean, it's it's a shockingly large number and is only going one way. You know, and and that said, um while 650 million is a huge number, there's uh 45 billion um annually held in cash deposits. And so we we absolutely have our work cut out for us. Um, you know, some of the things to just kind of put that into perspective are there's 110 million renters in the United States alone. It's roughly a third of US households. Um, and really, yeah, you know, this is a audience and a consumer class that landlords and property managers know well, but they're probably the only ones who really think about them in this way. Um, and really, you know, this focus that um, on, on what the cash crunch is like for people um, has been another thing that has really just been highlighted through COVID. Um, you know, I'm sure you're familiar with some of the eviction moratoriums and other things that kind of came to the fore in the last two years. Um, uh, but, you, you know, that's also something I would say that generally the industry has um, uh, uh, seen more momentum around is that after the national health crisis and the pandemic, you know, for the better part of the last two years, I would say that um, the housing uh, accessibility and affordability crunch has has become the number two issue. You know, that's starting to change a bit now as kind of other things are coming to the fore. Um, but, it, you know, it's really received an elevated profile, um, uh, which which I think has has brought people forward into just just thinking about what does the future of renting look like and why? Mm -hmm. And and now you have expanded in outside of security deposit. You mentioned you mentioned renters insurance. Um, seems like a natural extension. If you're if you're having a discussion with them up front, everyone should be, from my perspective at least, every landlord should be requiring renters insurance. Good time to have that discussion. Um, are there any other products yeah, that, that you guys yeah, are, are right. rolling out? Renters insurance, I think, is um, uh, you know it's an interesting thing um, because for me um, uh, it's almost 
diametrically sort of at the other end of the spectrum from um, what, what Rhino did with security deposit insurance and really kind of creating a category and creating yeah, you know, a new type of insurance that really solves this this massive issue where where there 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 was no kind of other other default. Um, but renters insurance, I guess what I will say is, um, I think it's a good product and it's been around for you know also probably a hundred years or don't you know I don't know the exact date the first renters insurance policies were solved. But what really I learned over the journey I've been on at Rhino for the last five years. You know, we work with now um, uh, nearly 3,000 landlords and property managers across you know, that broad spectrum that I mentioned earlier um, uh, and across the whole country, is that from listening to them and speaking with our partners is that it's not so much that renter's insurance doesn't work or needs to be considerably different than the way it was last year, but it's really about taking that in context of all of the other things that need to happen at the time a move-in is happening. And so our partners asked us to bundle and provide one set of move-in insurances that can be purchased and you know, checked off the box at one instant point in time. And yep. that's really, I think, where there's a major, major transition for us in terms of delivering so much more value to both the landlord and just making it easy for renters. And what we find is that um, renters, more than anything else, are stressed out while they're moving. They have so many other things going on, and they really just want to make sure that they're able to get through the process seamlessly as possible um, and meet all the obligations and requirements that property managers and landlords have set out for them um, in a fair and reasonable way. And you know, that's really the approach that we took is to how do we create really a, a seamless integrated purchasing experience that lets a renter purchase security deposit insurance and personal contents and liability insurance, renter's insurance, at the same time. Um, and so that's what we've done. Um, and you asked a little bit, Daniel, about where we're going. Um, I, I'll just sort of hint at it this way and say, um, uh, you know, the opportunity to really think about what renting will look like 10 years from now um, versus today or 10 years ago, um, uh, I think is, is vast. Um, and, um, yet, you know, I would just draw references to some of the stuff we're seeing happen. Um, in I mentioned, you know, the auto purchasing industry, but really it all comes back to in some ways, just like an, an Amazon style of change in industries Two two day shipping, I think, yeah, you know, is the number one technological revolution that, you know, you know, you know uh, I think has set the new bar for what consumers expect. Um, and I don't mean that in the context of like, how is my landlord going to sell me something and have it arrive in two days? But I mean it in the context of, you know, transparency, instant, you know, now like that, that type of experience. Um, and, and I think that that's really what the future of renting looks like is instant renting. Oh, interesting. Sounds like Sounds like a good intro for podcast number two. We'll have you back sometime, Rock, to talk about that. Yeah, I'd love to do um, that. If folks are interested in in the Rhino product, how do they get a hold of somebody? Visit us at sayrhino.com, S-A-Y-R-H-I-N-O.com. Uh, there's a bunch of links you can um, click through to, whether you're a, a renter looking to learn more or whether you're a property manager or a landlord looking to speak with our uh, partner success team to learn how you can start offering Rhino um, uh, at your homes or apartments across the country. Great. 
well, I hope, um, you know, there's, there is still more nuance to these products. We don't have time to really go into them, but I, I will say this, that it's certainly for me, having been an operator myself, um, like I said, a no brainer. I think it's a must have for, for any operator these days. And, and now I think the point you're making is if you, if you want to compete with escalating, uh, prospect expectations of their new home, you, you might have to have it if you want to compete successfully. Um, uh, but, but there is, um, there is some important difference in the way these products are executed. That's important to, to make sure you do your research, reach out to folks at Rhino and understand how that works so that you can really compare apples to apples. Um, so that'd be my, my, uh, advice to those definitely consider the product um, uh, for, for a number of reasons, but just understand exactly how they work. Prague, I really appreciate you coming on today to talk to us a little bit about, about what you guys are up to. 2 million units is awesome. Wish you continued success across 3000. That's a lot of selling. That's a lot of selling that it's not just a, you know, three or four large major companies. You've, you've, you're, you've sold to a lot of different individual owner and operators, which I think says something as well. So, uh, thanks for coming on today. Really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's been great, Daniel. See you next time. Yes, we'll talk about the future of leasing. Well, that is a wrap from Lecture Hall 101 here at the Apartment Academy with our, our elbow patch festooned professor of multifamily science. We appreciate you logging in once again and listening today. If you've enjoyed these podcasts and you feel like your management company could use a little advice for some of the professors here at the Academy, then go to our website, apartmentacademy.com and click help me. We will send you a questionnaire and provide individualized responses to your answers at no charge that I guarantee will offer you insights on ways you can immediately improve your apartment operations. Until then, I hope you took good notes. The only quiz will be the daily interactions there in the leasing office. Hope you do well, and we will see you next time.